All right, welcome to another episode of Take Care Tuesday. I'm Jeremy Foster, the Officer of School Safety and Security for the Center of Safe and Secure Schools at the Harris County Department of Education. Today, we have a special guest with us, Michael Peevler, a Senior Executive for Atlas IED, a company dedicated to keeping organizations, especially schools, safe through innovative technology. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. All right. So before we dive into our discussion today, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, Michael? Yeah, sure. So born and raised Texan, uh, grew up in Lubbock, graduated from high school there, went to Texas Tech for my undergrad, uh, actually taught in uh, the public school system for my first eight years out of school into the corporate world. Um, and I've been in the audio video world uh, for about 25 years now. And, um, and so I work for Atlas IED, who is an audio manufacturer, family-owned business, big factory in Ennis, Texas. So I'm about as Texan as they come. And uh, my, my, my great-great-great-grandfather came here when we were a republic. So when people ask me what my heritage is, it's just Texan. Texan. All right. Welcome. So when it comes to keeping schools safe, one critical aspect is having a robust communication system. In many unfortunate instances, like in active shooter situations, one common challenge is the inability to alert staff and students promptly, hindering their ability to take protective actions. Michael, can you shed some light on how Atlas IED addresses this crucial need to ensure that the message reaches everyone, enabling timely responses for the safety of the students and staff? Yeah, absolutely. So, and it's a great question. So, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. So, first of all, I, I, I do want to mention that, you know, as a former educator, a father of four, um, and, and our CEO actually had a shooting at his son's school, this is an area we take uh, very seriously and we're very, very passionate about. And we've got installs and installations all around the country, including some pretty big high-profile districts and some pretty nice districts here in Texas. The first thing we really look at is the communication side. So... Um, what we see with a lot of the schools um, is that we have a shifting paradigm uh, first, which is typically Bell and PA systems have been part of the operations department. But all the things that allow us to detect issues, uh, whether that's cameras or access lock systems or, or panic buttons, wearable panic buttons, whatever it is, they fall under security. And the Bell and PA system is the actual infrastructure that allows for communication throughout the entire facility. Um, and so what we really do is come in and we bring in a, a product called SingleWire, which is a software solution. Uh, if you have Cisco phones, it's actually already running on your Cisco phones. Um, and, and that SingleWire solution allows all those things from a detection standpoint to, to be tied together. Um, and so I use the example of, you know, if you detect someone uh, in the parking lot pulling a weapon out and putting it into a backpack or to a jacket, um, if you have camera analytics to see that, uh, the question is how fast can your system get from that camera analytics system to your PA system to get that communication out to the staff and students as fast as possible? Because if that person intends to do harm, and they're going to go from their car to the park or to the uh, building. We want to shut down um, their egress into the building as quickly as possible. So our system allows 
all of those systems to, to talk to each other as a single thing. And um, we talk about scenarios, but essentially the more severe the issue is, like seeing a weapon, um, the more drastic the scenario is, like locking a school down uh, and putting it in place. And so our system allows those different points of detection to talk to each other and then automates the communication um, with pre-recorded messages and and it can even lock doors and and whatever depending on what your system um, has in it already um, so it becomes one smooth motion basically as opposed to uh, five six seven different systems that are talking to each other um, and, and, in, and in many cases I would even say you know we run into schools still that have old analog Bell and PA systems, and they just don't have the capability to even talk to anything else. And that's really the power of networking is that we can take all the systems and make them communicate. But if you take something that's from the 1970s or 80s, or even the 90s or early 2000s, where they went with the analog version of the product, it just may not have the capability to communicate. So there is no one smooth motion. Someone has to activate every step. And all of all of those activations cause delays. Yeah, absolutely. So would it be safe to say it's a communication system that helps the communication system communicate? Yeah, no, that's it. That's exactly it. I mean, it's really, again, it, it is all about communication, both from technology to technology and also from um, the administration and the leadership to the students and, and faculty and staff, right? Um, whether that's an announcement, whether that's automated 911 calling, um, you know, all of those systems uh, from a communication standpoint, we want to take the human, um, the human decision out of uh, some scenarios, right? Not every scenario, we're not trying to take control away from people. But again, I think everybody would sit at a table and agree that if we saw a weapon, we want to lock that place down as fast as possible. We know the data says, and we work with ex, you know, former SWAT officers, the data says that if we can get people behind locked doors, we can keep them safe. And so if we have the ability to communicate that um, and, and get people as much time as possible, for every second, we can save more lives. Right. So, yeah, communication from system to system, communication from leadership to, to the students and staff. And that's why I thought this was important for our listeners because, you know, whenever I talk to anybody that's been involved in any type of emergency incident and I ask them, what could you do better next time? It's communicate, you know, communication. Once that breaks down, it just kind of goes into chaos. So. Yeah, you're so exactly right, Jeremy. Yeah. And, and it's, it's communication and preparation, right? Right. The kids have to know that when we go into this scenario, and, I, and listen, as a former teacher, again, as a father of four, I hate that we live in a world where we have to do this stuff. Right. I really do. I find no solace in it. I'm not happy that we sell a product that does it. I'm happy we sell a product that makes a difference for people. Right. right? In the world we live in, I, I wish it wasn't what it was. Um, but unfortunately, Every one of my kids knew knows what to do in a lockdown situation. You know what behavior, and I hope that everybody are are getting is is getting our kids to learn that because in that moment there's no time to explain anything. It's it's got to be this is what we're doing. Go, 
So communication and preparation. Yeah, because like when we look at a lot of these active shooter situations, one of the things is that nobody alerts anybody that there's a danger present in, in the vicinity. For example, you spoke a little bit yesterday about Parkland, Florida, and yeah. how that system uh, failed everybody, thus passing the law, Alyssa's law, which came into effect. You know, Can you go into yeah. a little bit more detail how you can support that law? Well, sure, sure, yeah. So two things. The Parkland shooting specifically, the shooter walked into a building that did not have a working bell and PA system, so there was no way to alert the students as to what was happening, and that allowed the shooter to um, to be on both floors of the building, the two-story building. Um, it, was a, it was a complete and total failure, um, and 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 we all know the stories and it's now the second largest lawsuit in the history of the United States to Uvalde which is the largest lawsuit in the history of the United States as far as Alyssa's law um so we've talked to the lawmakers in Florida um and and a number of other people that have been involved and and I think we all know different states are adopting it everyone's interpreting it a little bit differently if you go look at each state's adoption in Texas it's essentially two sentences and it says that a panic button needs to reside in every classroom in in essence i mean that's not the exact wording but essentially um i've talked to a number of school administrators who interpret that as a need for that to be a silent notification versus you know something else and 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 I think that's probably the default. I don't if I remember correctly, um, it, the law doesn't specifically it has to be silent. But um, for customers who have our system, it's literally a matter of putting a wall plate with the panic button wired up to one of our IP endpoints, mm-hmm. uh, which would be in the classroom to give both audio and visual notification of what's going on. Um, so it's a pretty simple solution to get something in. Unfortunately, it's a um, it's a continuum of how far uh, and how advanced facilities are as to how much they're going to have to do to be compliant with Alyssa's law. Uh, for people, again, that are using pretty old technology, there's probably a lot more infrastructure that's going to have to be put in place, and it's going to be a much bigger expense. Right. Um, but again, for our school districts, it's it's a pretty simple solution. I know a few of them already started moving that way. And and I do believe that from what I understand, some interpretation of Alyssa's law is on the federal floor as well, meaning that we could see a federal adoption of Alyssa's law at some point in time with an election year coming up. Right. We all know that that's the kind of stuff that tends to get passed. So could you give us any examples of you know, any school districts that are utilizing your technology and how it plays into their system, just kind of a step-by-step, like how it detects, uh, alerts. And yeah, how- sure. Yeah. So, so Jeremy's talking about kind of the three models we use, which is detection, notification, and, and manage. So, um, I'll, I'll give you a couple of scenarios. I, I don't know if you want me to call out specific school districts. And again, everybody has their own Detection, right? But I we we get requests for detection from everything from vape detection um, to to AI technology, yes. camera systems to detect spills and weapons, right? Oh, wow. um, um, yeah, yeah. There's a lot so, of lawsuits for falls, right? Right. But go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just. Agreeing. But but they're all detection. Yeah, they're all they're all points of detection, right? A panic button is a detection. A wearable is a detection. 
any one of those things as a detection. So what we do is we, in the single wire software that I mentioned earlier, we define um, different scenarios, right? So it could be uh, the NOAA weather system alerts um, the school that there's a tornado watch that elicits a certain kind of action, right? And that could just be a, a mobile notification to the decision makers um, that that's what's happened, right? Um, whereas a warning could elicit a tornado warning. And so everyone is to, you know, go in the hall and sit down and, you know, do all, you know, follow that process. Um, so we, we, we go through and we create different scenarios. So I, obviously something like an active shooter or a weapon being identified with an AI technology or visual, right? Someone looks out and sees someone actually with a weapon. Uh, or in the case of Uvalde, you know, where someone is actually shooting outside the building, that would elicit a different reaction. And that would that would be a fully automated response. We don't want anyone whatsoever to be involved with having to intercede because if the principal's in the wrong place, uh, if they're not near something that they can make the announcement from, if they're whatever it is, we don't want anything to be an excuse, a delay, because again, seconds matter. So we're going to fully automate that. So we're going to do an announcement. The screens uh, are going to flash. Uh, we have a flasher on them. And so that's going to flash multi-rate color. That's probably going to be red. The screens are going to turn red and it's going to say lockdown. And then the speakers are all automatically going to play inside and outside the building. We want to cover every square inch where a student might be. So um, I was a band director. So that means it needs to be on the practice field. It needs to make sure that the kids outside in the playground know. It needs. It means that parents in the parking lot that are dropping their child off from a dentist appointment know that there is a scenario, a situation at the school, and that they need to get away from the campus as fast as possible. So we're going to cover everything outside, and we're going to cover everything inside. And inside, we're going to make sure that that screen and that flasher are going to get the attention of all of the students and staff. So... I talk about this all the time. And again, I have a 17 and 18 year old. I won't say what school district they're in now, but, um, you know, consistently, I, I think that we've got 30, 40, maybe even 50 percent of kids that have an earbud in an, ear, an AirPod or whatever. Right. In some cases, mm -hmm. too. Um, and then we have a lot of students who um, who may have a hoodie, uh, you know, from a jacket up over their head. And so they're creating this privacy but we have this moral obligation. We've got to let everybody know that there's a problem in that moment, right? And it, it's not a comment on any of those things. That's up to the school's policies as to what the kids are allowed to do. But if they created that kind of privacy in their own scenario, in their own world, we've got to get them aware that there's a problem so that they can take the appropriate action. So that flasher is going to get their attention. That... Um, that screen is going to tell them what to do. So that also helps with ADA compliancy for anybody that might be hard of hearing. Um, and then in addition, we're going to have the volume on this announcement so loud that, I mean, I hate to say this, but again, I'm just going back to the data. Um, almost every middle school and high school shooting has happened before school, after school, during lunch or during passing period. Um, and that means the noise of the PA system, the volume of the PA system has to be far louder than what it is when you're just doing morning announcements, right? And, and most of the time, 
most principals can't, couldn't even tell me how to change the volume. So by default, we're going to come in and measure during passing period at how loud that is. And then we're going to set the volume for that high top level scenario. We're going to set that volume level for 20 dB higher. It's going to be deafening, right? But everyone's going to hear it. Everyone's going to know what to do, including the person that's doing something bad. And we might be able to scare them out of coming into the building, or we might be able to um, shake them so much with the volume, the light, everything else that we lower their accuracy. And again, every second we can get people behind locked doors, we can save lives. Uh, so does, so it, that, that would be a typical scenario, right? Yeah. So it ties into the vape detectors. That's a big thing out here in, in uh, Texas right now. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. And that may just be that may be a notification back to again, we can designate because we can talk to any device at that point. So we can yeah. talk to mobile devices, we can talk to PCs, we can talk, you know, to 911, we can talk to whoever. So you're not gonna lock down a building because vape right. is detected. Um, but you can go buy a vape detection system, tie it into this, to the communication system, and that alert might go to security on campus yeah. and designated administrators who are there to handle that. So they get a notification that in second floor, hall two, you know, hall 200, there's a vape, a positive vape detection in the, in the boys bathroom. Oh, wow. So it kind of tells you right away. Yeah. That's awesome. Does it tie into the cell phones? Yeah. yeah. So it can go to right to any mobile device at that point. Right. So there's an app. Uh, for single wire that um, that allows for that detection, mm -hmm. um, that notification. So um, we can communicate on any device type, tablets, again, laptops, PCs, um, all at the same time, it, depending, again, on the, the crisis level of those scenario. You know, vape would be a lower level. Again, we don't need to lock the school down. Uh, but we do need to make sure authorities know that there's this is where it is so that someone can get there as quickly as possible and identify who is doing that. Um, but, you know, again, that would be a very different scenario than a weather warning or a shooter warning or, or something like that. And by the way, the system, the rest of the time, and, and this is something I think is really important to say, it just becomes your Bell and PA system. So you're actually going to test your emergency communication system every day, multiple times. You're going to know that it works because you're using it every single day. It's not going to be that one that one system that you never actually activate. Like you do fire drills, but nobody pulls the alarm. And and I know fire code, you know, requires the fire departments to do that certain times of the year. But as a teacher and all the fire uh, drills I ever did, you know, and take the kids out in the parking mm -hmm. lot, you know, all of that. I never heard the system go off. Mm -hmm. And with our system, you're going to actually hear it because you're going to be doing your daily announcements and all of your communication. And, you know, Mrs. Jones, can you send so-and-so? So, you know, it's functioning. That's exactly right. Yeah. And that's what you want to know is that in crisis, you want to know that it's actually going to be there. Does it uh, help with the evacuation drills for sure. your fire drills? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to use it for everything. It is going to become your core communication system. You're going to have a microphone in the front office to be able to make announcements off of. 
Uh, or you can pick up your, you know, your IP phone and you can make your announcements there. Or I've even been in buildings before where um, they had activities going on and they were calling groups down to like the cafeteria and they were making announcements through their cell phone. And it sounded as clear as if they were at the microphone in the front office. So yeah, there's multiple ways to, to make your announcements for any kind of announcement. All right. So if our listeners wanted to contact you with some more information, what would be the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. So the website is www dot atlas ied.com so a-t-l-a-s-i-e-d.com atlas ied.com my name is michael peebler you can connect with me on linkedin i'm there but there's all of our contact information is on the website all of my sales teams contact information is there it's a no pressure environment where we're here to be consultants to share the things we're doing i know this is for texas but i'll share you know we we just did a rollout of all of Detroit public schools in two years. We're we've, we've been, we're about three years into San Diego Unified. We've done about half the schools. They've got three integrators. They have a huge school district, but they're they're rolling this out in their own time frame, and we'll do the other half over the next couple of years. Um, so we've done some really large districts, but we've also done rural small districts as well. And so we have a group of integrator resellers across the state who are there to, to help. In many cases, it may be vendors and people that you're already working with, uh, but we'll come in and, and lead that conversation. And, and I will also just put in a plug that if you have ESSER funding that you're looking to use, it will absolutely can be used for this. We've got a letter from the Department of Education that says it can cover this cost. Mm -hmm. And we have seen a number of school districts using their ESSER funds to put in new emergency alert systems and communication yeah. systems like this. It's such a critical need to have that ability to communicate and alert staff that there's danger around, you know. I want to thank yeah, you. Get, yeah. It's not going to get safer. Unfortunately, <laughs> the experts are predicting next year is going to be a pretty tough year with the election and and just tension as a whole. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, well, I want to thank you, Michael, for sharing your valuable insights into how Atlas IED is contributing to the safety of our schools through advanced communication systems. And it's clear that a proactive and comprehensive approach is vital in today's world. So this wraps up today's episode of Take Care Tuesday. Thank you for joining us. And remember, safety is a shared responsibility. And stay tuned for more insights on keeping our schools safe. Thank you again, Michael. Thank you.